Hello, welcome back to HNTLDR. It's Monday, December 28th. How's it going? It's going uh, pretty well. I, I sent out a tweet last night. It uh, is my most popular tweet ever, which wow. is pretty exciting. I yeah. missed it. 110 likes, maybe. What? Um, unfortunately, it is um, a response to one of my favorite tennis players and me finding out that he's an anti-masker. Ah. So it's really not the... It's not really the viral tweet that I was hoping to send, you know. <laughs> that's not that's not really what you want. It's not really what you want. John Isner. Um, John Isner, the the current best American male tennis player. Oh, wow. He uh he responded pretty tersely to your tweet. He did. But he did. you have more likes than him. So well, <laughs> you've won the argument. Well, I don't have more likes than his original tweet. Ah. That's there, which that has an, an order of magnitude more. <laughs> All right, there needs to be some sort of normalization, you know, model where we're able to determine if a response with 120 likes is better than a response to a response with 33 likes. Mm, that's true. There should be a system for that. Someone run that study. Yeah, someone, someone make a show. HN. <laughs> uh, wow. So, so, that so that's exciting. been that's been my day. <laughs> Great. You've, you've you've spent this day very well. <laughs> How have you been? Uh, not too shabby. Been here in the Pacific Northwest. Been going on walks, and that's it because that's all there is to do. That is all there is to do. I think I've Besides done every reading, walking trail. Reading HN, of course. Right. Needless to say, which I have not been doing on our oh. brief hiatus here. So consider me far, far behind on wow. the HN subculture of the past 10 days. Well, I, I actually don't think you've missed too much. Okay. That's always good. There was some good stuff today getting back into it. Uh, out of the gate, I loved this uh, blog post yesterday from our man. What's his name? I can't tell where the space is in his username. Uh, Francesco Di Lorenzo. Yes, it's also on my list. Okay. Uh, SAS we happily pay for. This was great. I really liked this. It was just fun. It's fun learning about new services that, you know, with with a brief, uh, concise description of you know why it's better than other services you may have heard of, uh, and just trying you know seeing the kinds of things that are clearly, <laughs> I don't know, good investments. Um, Plus, you know, a couple of product categories that I was not aware of existing, including the first one, Missive, uh, some sort of collaborative email. I don't know if it's based on a Chrome extension or what, but collaborative email on top of G Suite that gives you a comment box below each email thread. So all the team members can just have a set of right. uh, uh, their own conversation, meta conversation, uh, without needing to forward emails back and forth, which I thought was uh, a very cool concept. Yeah, that is pretty good. I feel like I'm constantly impressed with what kind of things can be done to Gmail just through Chrome extensions. Mm -hmm. Exactly. With Chrome extensions and a decent API. Um, since, yeah. well, you've used the Gmail API more than me, but at least once you get OAuth working, uh, I do believe it's pretty powerful. Right. But of course, that's an impossible problem that can it never is be solved. Yeah, that is, that is known. Uh, I also see they're using Vercel, which is a reversal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up one day, which which one it is. 
Yes, but they complained about the price, I believe, or the pricing do. model. The pricing model, which is extremely weird, where, you know, it's this generous free tier until you hit, you know, one of the several limits uh, that are placed on the free tier, at which case you get bumped not into some pay-as-you-go model based on, you know, any sort of utilization metric, but just uh, paying per person in your company, uh, or at least per account on Versal, which in this case is, you know, 60 bucks a month, which is 20 times their three employees. It's uh, it's pretty good, but, or it's pretty, it's pretty odd, but it is nice for a single person, kind of indie hacker company, where they can, you know, kind of just run everything that they need to run forever, seemingly, for... Uh, for 20 bucks a month, which I also don't understand how that works for them. Yeah, that seems like there's gonna they're gonna run into a problem eventually, but I guess for now that's that's pretty good. Yeah. They must have some additional limits that I'm not aware of on that 20 bucks a month, beyond which you get bumped into some sort of enterprise pricing. Right. But, right. Uh the last thing, not to just spend this whole episode shilling for SaaS companies I just learned about, <laughs> but I don't know, did you click on Savvy Cal? To see what uh, it was. I, I no, I just read their description and I decided I don't need any more calendar services in my life. Kenny, look, I know I've ripped you away from many note taking and calendar services that you've used throughout your life, and you hold it against me. I do because every time you get used to a new one, I tell you that it's now terrible and, and fully obsolete. But this one, man, this is the one. All right. Oh no. So what, cool. What is what is good about it? Built by a single indie dev. And it has like four, like four or five features I just had never even occurred to me that I think are all brilliant. So the tagline on the landing on the splash page is sending your scheduling link shouldn't feel weird. Uh, basically, you know, you can generate like a, a scheduling link uh, for a particular meeting where you kind of uh, allow list, if you will, uh, you know, certain time slots that are already available on your calendar. You can have this, there's a feature where you can like uh, the user, you know, you can opt into this uh, user interface that the other person sees where the times are basically presented to that person uh, sequentially, the times that you've whitelisted are presented to them sequentially, uh, so that you can kind of preferentially nudge them into, you know, choosing uh, a time that you prefer, uh, you know, by mm. basically showing it to them earlier, like before other times. Uh, or okay. there is just like this visualization where a person can quickly like connect to Google, pull in their calendar, overlay it on your available times, and then click uh, the slot that they want. Uh, it just and it looks great, like super well, super well designed. Uh, and I don't know, it just it's got a phenomenal website as well. So huh. looks like the mail brew guys really like it, and uh, I think I'm totally gonna do it. Well, I will have to check that out. That that does sound pretty good. And I don't really use any calendar that right. connects to other people's right now. So that's cool. I don't, how do people schedule meetings inside Apple? They just schedule meetings on your calendar without your consent. Yeah. There's like a built-in, there's an internal setup in the calendar app. Gotcha. Okay. So that is that. I totally stole SAS we happily pay for from you. What else do you got? Um, let's see. The, the next one that I was going to mention is that uh, in the never-ending ongoing t uh, Silicon Valley topic of should you live in San Francisco, there is information that the average rent in San Francisco has dropped $1,000 $1, this year. 
Um, Average rent for like a single bedroom apartment or a two bedroom apartment, something like that. Yeah, I believe. Uh, yes, I think it's either single bedroom or studio. Um, I think specifically the studio is the average studio is a thousand dollars a month cheaper, which is, uh, I think it's just down to like $10,000 a month or something around there. Wow. Um, it's upsetting that there was a thousand dollars to be shaved off of uh, (laughs) studio apartment rent in the first place. Yeah, that's really true. Wow. So it's now gone down to a mere 3,100 a month for a one bedroom (laughs) apartment. Wow. Or maybe 27, 2700. Yeah. Well, still a uh, little high. I would still say. a little high. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I'm paying, uh, I'm paying $700 a month here in Washington. It's, uh, it's been nice. I think, uh, that's pretty I good. I'm going to try to do this more. I'm paying zero, but it's a loophole in the system. <laughs> uh, all right. What else we got here? Uh, I, Hmm. I don't know what else I've got. Have I mentioned the fraying of the U.S. global currency reserve system? It rings a bell. I actually cannot tell if I talked about it the last time it was on the front page, which was like two weeks ago, but it is now on the front page again, and it is a great read. It's very long, but it explains how the U.S. is currently has the reserve, the world's reserve currency, but that fundamental to the reserve currency is that you have to it basically explains how if you want to be the reserve currency you have to have a constant deficit so that there's money outside of the u.s that everybody is using and you just you can't run that deficit forever so eventually you will not have the reserve currency and it's like a very scientific breakdown of why sometime soon um, this author predicts that the U.S. will not be the reserve currency. What will be it? What will replace it? Uh, they, well, the I think the main, the number one suggestion I think is that there is no single reserve currency, and that the U the U.S. dollar and multiple other uh, currencies like China's currency will also be like in the reserve status. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also predictions about like what will happen with gold, what will happen with Bitcoin, stuff like that. But if anybody wants like a very detailed and thorough understanding of why you can't have a reserve currency forever and why you might not even want a reserve currency, it's pre- it was pretty interesting. Do you know what this Bancor, what a Bancor is? Uh, C-O-R. No. Me either. Where do you see that? Well, it's one of the... It's mentioned in like this section of the what the next system looks like. Like you said, there's a section on gold and Bitcoin. And then there's like... Let's see. Digital Global Bancor and Digital Regional Bancor. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head because I have not read this in two weeks. But... um... Oh, interesting. It's some sort of... Oh, okay. I guess it's like a term that John Maynard Keynes came up with that's supposed to be like a global currency. Right, okay. Which would then be used in international trade as a unit of account within a multilateral clearing system. 
Interesting. I never heard of that. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I have has concentration in economics. So in economics. Yeah. I feel like you might have mentioned that once or oh, twice. Okay. I mean, I don't. I don't like mention it that much. So I guess it's just because we're that good of friends. Right. Right. Uh, there was uh, another article on here, an Ask HN that got uh, all the way up to number eleven, which is pretty good. Which was, what's your favorite podcast episode of twenty twenty? And, and it's uh, this very one that we're recording. That's right. This was number one. Actually, I think the comments are, uh, you know, weighted based on recency as well as upvotes. So all we have to do is wait like a year and then <laughs> post this episode and we'll probably have the top comment. Perfect. Uh, but there was just a lot of good stuff. I was reading through it. Uh, you know, it's it's just a ton of podcasts that I haven't heard of that just seem extremely HNE. And uh, they all sound mm. good. And, you know, I'm not going to plug anything in particular uh, just because, you know, uh, different things, you know, different strokes for different folks. You know, you got to come into this comment thread and find something that looks good to you. Um, but I have not seen uh, this, you know, detailed of a discussion of good podcasts on HN. That's Was this intentional? I think they should maybe do, you know, like a, an equivalent of the who's hiring thread or something like the who, you know, what podcast are you listening to on a more formal basis? And I think it, uh, I think that would be really valuable. Um, but Especially I, for plugging this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, that's what, this is all just me trying to get Dan G to do, you know, to do this so that I can, uh, you know, growth hack this podcast. That's right. Uh, but there was uh, someone, I think the sixth comment is someone plugging an interview that Lex Fridman had with George uh, Hotz, Hotz, who's the comma AI CEO, some sort of driverless mm -hmm. car uh, company. Mm -hmm. That was It was actually kind of near where we lived in Cupertino. It's like along Stevens Creek uh, hmm. a little ways. Uh, but then, yeah, lots of people were like, oh, yeah, Lex Fridman, like he's had some great interviews with this person or that person. And then like the seventh sub comment is just someone who's like, complaining about Lex Fridman saying that he's an imposter leveraging his association with MIT. And, <laughs> and uh, it was written by you. <laughs> <laughs> it was written by Luft BBB. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> like this, this guy sounds so, was so mean spirited here. It made me like Lex more just because I don't want to be aligned with this guy. Wow. Um, anyway, it's just, it's just weird. This vitriol that Lex Fridman seems to, uh, seems to instigate which I, I weirdly understand just because he seems to have become so ubiquitous. Uh, and I, I don't really know like what he, what he's, you know, what he does at MIT or anything. <laughs> uh, anyway, everyone came down hard against this guy and it's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Ton of scientists have never been peer reviewed. Like he's good at interviewing. He's good at, you know, SEO and the stuff he makes is good. So, you know, back off. And this guy, just every single comment that he made in this whole thread, and there are many rebuttal comments he's made, uh, are all flagged and dead. Wow. No. Interesting. Solid attempt by that guy, though. That is interesting. <laughs> and that's all we have time for. That's a wrap. All right. See you, folks. Later. Later.